Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, if you would please. And I would like to continue our study on confessions based on the blood that we talked about last week. Confessions based on the blood. And just to give you an update, if you were not here, we started out by talking about how we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives unto death. In Revelation 12 and 11, we are told, they overcame him, that is, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. The blood of the Lamb, meaning there was a working knowledge of the power of the blood in their lives. The word of their testimony meant they had an understanding of the principles of faith and how faith worked, how they confessed the word of God and applied the, the blood through their confession. And then they loved not their lives unto death. In other words, they were sold out in obedience to God. They were not opening any doors for the powers of the enemy to come in and destroy the work of God in their lives. We said under the old covenant, they applied the blood to their houses by taking a hyssop branch and dipping it into the blood of a sacrificial lamb or animal. And they applied it, providing for them protection from death and destruction. We don't use a hyssop branch and we don't take it and dip it into the blood of a sacrificial lamb and apply it to the household of our lives or the doorpost of our lives. What we do is through the confession of our faith by believing from the heart in the blood of the Lamb, we use our mouth to confess the power of the blood and apply it to the doorpost of our lives. And we keep it there by a constant, consistent confession of faith in God and in the power of the blood by the precious, wonderful name of Jesus. In other words, our own mouth can bring about victory. Our own mouth can bring about our victory. As long as we doubt not within our hearts, but believe that what we are saying will come to pass and we'll have whatever we say. And it doesn't matter how much the enemy persists. You know, we are supposed to be more persistent than the enemy. We are to be more diligent than the enemy. We are to be more tenacious than the enemy. And he will try and try as he may to keep that thing on you or about you, whatever it may be, if it's oppression, depression, physical sickness or disease or whatever it may be. He'll try to keep it there with all of his might. But you know what? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world and we can outlast him. I said we can outlast him. No matter what the temptation may be, if we apply the blood of Jesus Christ, we can overcome it. Amen. I said we can overcome it. We need to say, I refuse to allow this thing into my life. And I establish a bloodline that the enemy cannot cross over. Look at this verse in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, if you would please. In verse 19, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Notice what he's saying. We have the keys. Say it with me, I have the keys to the operation of the kingdom of God in my life. See, we hold the keys, saints. We believe from the heart. We confess with the mouth. We believe in the power of the blood, in the power of the name, and we confess with our mouth and we apply the power of the blood to our lives. We apply it. We set up a bloodline. The enemy cannot cross over. What we allow will be allowed. What we disallow will be disallowed. What we lock will be locked up. What we unloose will be unloosed. What we unlock will be unlocked. You see, it's up to us. That's why it takes a working knowledge of the power of the blood, believing it from the heart, applying it with the mouth to the doorpost of our lives. What I allow will be allowed. I have got to say I refuse to allow this thing and uphold that regardless of how difficult the situation may seem. We must be more diligent than our adversary. We must be serious with the things of God. It's not something that we try but for a moment. It is something that we know works we understand the principles and we refuse to give ground. We give no place to the devil. I refuse this disease. I refuse poverty. I refuse destruction. I refuse defeat. I refuse oppression. The blood's been shed. I've been redeemed. I will not allow it. That's what he is saying here. And that confession is based on the blood that's been shed for your redemption. Your faith has a foundation. It's rooted and grounded in the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for it. And this is what it provides. It's based on the blood. I overcome by the blood and the word of my testimony. My confession is based on the blood. And in the name of Jesus, I unleash the power of the blood. Remember what Jesus said in Mark's gospel, chapter 16. In my name shall they cast out devils. In my name shall they lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. See, the name unleashes the power of the blood. We can apply its power to our lives by unleashing it with the powerful name of Jesus. Now, that's just to bring us up to date. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and continue on because I want you to know that that blood has not lost any of its power. It's working in our lives can be just as powerful as it has ever been in anyone's life, in any generation gone by. You see, it's up to us, though, to understand its working, and then take our place, confess the word, proclaim the truth, refuse defeat, only choose to walk in victory. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest 
that is passed into the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, I want you just to put your finger right there, if you would, for just a moment, because I want to tie some things together. And just turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. Just keep your finger there and mark that and look over to Hebrews chapter 10 because there's a parallel here that I want you to see. Verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Now, going back to Hebrews chapter 4 once again, and I want you to notice that there are three ideas paralleled in these two passages of Scripture. Three ideas. And it's not by accident that they're here. The writer of this epistle, on purpose, brought these things out to bring clarity, to reinforce the importance of them in our lives. And first of all, you'll see he tells us to hold fast our confession. In verse chapter 4 of Hebrews, verse 14, the latter part of the verse, let us hold fast our profession or our confession. How is the power of the blood unleashed? We believe it in the heart and apply it with our mouths to the doorpost of our lives. Notice, hold fast, and keep that thought in mind. This confession is based on the blood because in Hebrews 10 it said, come boldly by the blood of Jesus. All that this involves is all based on the blood. We're to hold fast our confession. The second idea that's, th that's brought out here is we are to draw near to God through our great high priest. You will notice again in verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest. So based on the blood, we have a great high priest that gives us approach to God. And then thirdly, he talks about confidence. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly, boldly unto the throne. Boldly means with great confidence or assurance, with liberty, freedom, with out reservation, with nothing hindering us, without anything holding us back. In other words, it is so complete that we can enter right into Father's holiest place with full liberty, with great confidence and holy boldness. Now, that same, these same ideas are paralleled in Hebrews chapter 10, but first I want to expound a little bit on these before we go over to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's back up to verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Notice the word great before high priest. This is making a reference to the fact that the one being spoken of right now is greater than the lesser ones 
who were called high priests under the Old Covenant, under Aaron and the Levitical priesthood. Those high priests were called high priests, but not great high priests. Jesus is superior to any of them because he is greater in character, he is greater in work, he is greater in sacrifice. As a result, he is greater. He is our high priest who, by his sacrifice and precious blood, allows us access and entrance into the holiest presence of the living God. It's all based on his blood. You see, beloved, too often people want things from God without learning enough about how to approach him. And when they go to approach him, in some cases there are those that pray like this, Oh Lord, I'm so unworthy. I'm just your servant, a worm in the dust. I know I need your help, but I don't know if you want to. If you want to, I'd accept it. If you don't want to, I'll accept it. See, they have no basis of approach. They have no boldness and confidence because they don't have a working knowledge of the blood and the provision given us through the great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Beloved, I want you to know tonight without any doubt that the blood has purified you in such a way that you can press into the very holiest presence of the living God without reservation. Because you have a great high priest representing you who is superior to any other high priestly ministry on earth because the sanctuary he entered into was not an earthly one, but the heavenly itself. We are to draw near, not because of who we are, not because of how great I am, not because of the works that I've done or the deeds that I've done, not because of any offering I gave or any service I did for God. Beloved, the reason why we have an approach to God and can draw nigh unto him is because we have a great high priest his name is Jesus, and His blood was shed. It's superior to any other sacrifice. I can boldly say I apply the blood of Jesus to my life and the high priestly ministry of Jesus to my life, and I enter into Father's holiest presence by that blood. We can tread the place where man was banned from and banished from. By the blood. Glory to God. Secondly, back up there in verse 14, let us hold fast, the latter part of the verse, let us hold fast our profession or more literally confession. Let us hold fast. And I want you to see something here. Let us cling to, in the Greek, let us cling to our confession. It's as if it requires determination on our part. He is coming across like this. He is saying, let us cling to our confession. It's going to take determination. It is going to take tenacity. It is going to take effort. 
It's not something that you try once and just let go because it didn't happen instantaneously. He is saying, cling to your confession. Well, what is this confession? I have a high priest, greater in character, greater in work, greater in sacrifice, who is right there in the presence of the Father for me. His blood's been shed. It's been applied to my life. I will cling to that confession. He is there for me. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. All that I need is found right there in the Father's presence. I am clinging to it. But you say, I don't feel like God is helping. I am not clinging to that. I am clinging to the fact that the blood's been shed. My confession is based on the shed blood of Christ. I have a high priest. He is representing me to the Father right now. I have access into the holiest presence of God. And I'm clinging to it. It requires determination. I am determined not to let go of my confession of faith in the working power of the blood. And then thirdly, he says in verse 16, let us therefore, see therefore, by virtue of the blood of Christ and the high priestly ministry of Jesus, and a determination that refuses to let go of our confession, let us with liberty and great confidence come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is the place where God's free favor is dispensed. What do you need? I want you to know that this is the place where God's free favor is dispensed. What would you have? What do you need God to do? Can you see it? Well, you have a high priest. His name is Jesus. The sacrifice has already been made. The blood's already been shed. Cling to your confession. Refuse to allow defeat into your life. And whatever you need from God, approach the Father's throne on the basis of the blood that was shed for you. You will find mercy, which means you won't get what you deserve. And you will find grace, meaning you, you'll get what you don't deserve. You won't get what you deserve, that's mercy. You'll get what you don't deserve, that's grace. I like that combination, don't you? So cling to, with determination, your confession of faith. And it's all based on what? The blood of Jesus. So what has come against you? What is trying to destroy you? What is trying to oppress you? What has come against your mind? What has come against your body? What has come against your social life? What has come against your family? What has come against the work you at the workplace? Whatever it may be, what is coming against you to tempt you to sin against your God? What is trying to bring fear into your life or defeat or lack your way? He is saying, cling to with determination your faith's confession. Don't let go. You know the blood's been shed. You know that Jesus is there for you. 
and you know the Father's throne is open. I mean, it's wide open. There is no longer a veil. You no longer need an earthly high priest to give you access into it. The way's been made open by this new and living way, the blood of the Lamb. All you've got to do is walk in and cling to what is yours. That's what he's talking about here. See, it, you see the foundation of it, though? If you try to do it without the understanding and without the working knowledge of the power of the blood, then you don't have a foundation beneath you. And your faith doesn't have the support that it needs to see you through to victory. So with determination, cling to your confession. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 and look at the other references that really parallel the same truths in Hebrews chapter 10 and beginning at verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. And the word therefore is really implying all that he is talking about or all that he has talked about up until now. It goes way back to Hebrews 3.1 when Jesus was mentioned as being the high priest of our confession. And how that he is a better high priest because of a better sacrifice, because of his blood, and so on and so forth. And how that the, the blood of the sacrificial animals could never, never, never make the comers therein too perfect. But once the shed blood of Jesus was applied to the high court of heaven, every single one of us was vindicated and made perfect in the sight of God. Based on this fact, based on the blood that flows, based on the high priest Jesus, let us therefore, having therefore, brethren, boldness, confidence, or liberty to enter in the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Without any sense of inferiority, without any sense of sin, without any sense of guilt, without any sense of lack on my part whatsoever. Can you see that the average believer has his or her faith paralyzed because they don't apply the blood to their own lives. Your approach is not based on whether or not you did something right or wrong. Your approach to God is based on what Jesus did. Your boldness, your liberty, your confidence comes to you when you base your access or entrance on the blood of Jesus Christ and his high priestly ministry at the Father's right hand. You say, but I feel inferior. I feel guilt. I feel condemnation. I feel as though I'm so weak and inadequate. I may feel like a worm. That's why this life of, of the Christian is not based on our feelings. It is based on facts. It is based on truth. Jesus cleansed us from all that by His blood. That's a working knowledge of the blood. I have a right to be in the presence of the Father. I have a right to be at the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help. No matter what I've done, there is no sin so deep the blood cannot cleanse. There is no wrong that the blood cannot right. There is no power that the blood cannot destroy or overpower. 
We're talking about the power of the blood of the Son of God. Boldness to enter into the holiest. I like that. There is a holy place and there is the holiest. This blood doesn't give us just access to the holy place. It gives us access to the holiest place of God. So, with boldness, enter in. This blood means that the holy place is no longer sealed to offer up the sacrifice of animals. The one sacrifice that has already been sacrificed opens the way for us forever. We don't have to be caught up with finding animals, slaying them, having a priest represent us, and then approaching God on that basis. We can come to church like tonight, and we can say by virtue of the blood of the Lamb, I am entering into the holiest place of God. It doesn't matter what anybody else does around me. I don't know if they appreciate the value of the blood like I do. I am entering in. Father God, you might as well just get it straight right now. I am entering in your holiest place. There's no sin that can keep me out. There's no wrong that can keep me out. There is no lack that can keep me out. There is no thought that can keep me out because all that is under the blood, remitted by the blood. It's in a sea of forgetfulness and it no longer exists in the sight of my heavenly Father. So I'm coming boldly into the throne of God by the blood of Jesus with confidence and liberty. Freely means I don't have a concern about anything else. Not a concern. It's free. I can enter in freely. Thank God. The door is wide open on the strength of the blood, saints. Is that your confession? Would you say this with me? The door to the holiest presence of God is wide open to me by virtue of the precious blood of Jesus. Boy, let that sink in. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, by a new and living way. It's a new way. A new way means there was an old way. But the old way has been done away with. And now it's a new way. Jesus is that new way, which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God. Let's stop right there. What did He say back there in Hebrews 4? Draw near. How? Through this high priest, this great high priest. You see the parallel, the thought that's here again? Our great high priest, Jesus, enables us to draw near to the Father. It's by His blood that we have this access. It's by His blood that we gain this entrance and nearness. We must have a working knowledge of this aspect of the blood in order to draw near to God. God has honored the blood of Jesus. He has accepted the blood of Christ as a result of my understanding of the blood 
I have access to his holiest presence. I have the ability to draw near to him, to commune and fellowship with him because my high priest is right there. He's not leaving. He doesn't have to sacrifice any more sacrifices, offer any more offerings. Once he did it for all and forever. And now it's just up to me to take advantage of what he's already done. Now listen carefully. He says here, having a high priest over the house of God. But I want you to hold your place there, if you would please, and go on back to Hebrews chapter 3, because this is what he's making reference to. I want you to see this. There was limited access to the presence of God under the first or the old covenant. If they offered the proper sacrifices, then the high priest could enter in on the behalf of the people and provide for them a covering for their sin. He is trying to emphasize the fact that that was that house, but this under the new covenant is the house of God. Listen carefully. Verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession or confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had builded the house hath more honor of those things which were to be spoken after. In other words, it was all pointing to a greater house, a greater sacrifice, and a greater high priest. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now remember, you go back and apply some of those things we talked about. Moses was faithful. It was symbolic. He took the blood over his house and over every single one of them. If they took the blood with the hyssop branch and applied it over every one of their, their houses, they were made free. They were protected. They were cared for. But, beloved, God has a different house today. We are the house of God. We are the dwelling place of the Most High God. And the blood that's been applied to our lives is the blood of Jesus. And Jesus is the one who is the head. He is the greater high priest. The work of Jesus is superior to the work of Moses. Beloved, that means we have a better covenant established upon better promises. And we should receive better things than what they did back then. And that's exactly what the, the writer here is trying to emphasize. Jesus, our great high priest, enables us to enjoy and experience the full blessings of the covenant because he's the head over the house of God. Every one of us needs to apply the blood like they did, but not with a branch, with our mouths. I belong to the household of God. The blood of Jesus is applied to my life. Jesus is my Lord High Priest. I establish a bloodline between myself and deceit, between myself and sickness, between myself and sin and temptation. And that blood protects and keeps. And it doesn't matter how long the enemy continues to try coming against you in those same areas. You are to be more determined, more diligent, more tenacious, 
than he is. You do not cave in. You do not faint. You will not be overcome because of your high priest, because of his blood that was shed. You cling to your confession. Having a high priest over the house of God, he is the greater high priest, the superior high priest over the house of God. He is greater than the house. He is greater than the temple. What does he say? Let us draw near. See, once again, the parallel. Let us draw near. They could only get so close in those days. Some got to the outer court. Some got to the holy place if you were in, in ministry. The others, only one got into the holiest place of all. That was the high priest. You know where the solutions to our problems are? In the holiest place. You know where victory is? In the holiest place. You know where deliverance is? In the holiest place. Whatever it is that we need, it's in the holiest place. Well, they couldn't go there on their own. They had a limited access because they had a sacrifice that wasn't as good as ours. But, beloved, we can draw near by the blood of Jesus to the holiest presence of God. We can walk right into the, 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 into the courtyard. We can walk right on into the holy place where all the priests were doing service and we can enter right into the smack presence, the holiest kind of glory of God and sit on Father's lap and say, Abba, Father, I belong here. I know what the blood has done for me and no devil can keep me out and no disease can stay in my body and no oppression can stay in my mind because I'm in here with you. Can you see that? I'm in here with you. I want you to see something that's very important. Going back to Hebrews chapter 10. There are three things we are told here. Let us, let us, let us. Let us, let us, let us. Let us, it says, draw near with a true heart. The blood gives you a true heart. In full assurance of faith, the blood gives us full assurance of faith. Having a heart sprinkled by the blood from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. That's our approach. Let us draw near to God with a true heart. But look at verse 23. Let us, and here's the third thing, the parallel. Let us cling to our profession of faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Beloved, the Bible says you will reap in due season if you faint not. Listen to me carefully. Give me your undivided attention. The enemy will come to wear you down and to wear you out. He will target your confession of faith because he knows there may be some opportunity of doubt to enter in. He'll try to tell you something about lack in your life or sin in your life or something in your life just to stop you from confessing and clinging to your faith because the more you say it, the closer you draw unto God and the holiest place. And so he'll try to disturb you, put the pressure on you to wear you down with words, to wear you out with whatever. 
to keep you from drawing near to God. But no, you don't do that. You say, I've got a high priest. His name is Jesus. The blood has been shed. I am clinging to my profession that with the stripes of Jesus I have been healed. The blood has been shed. It's a fact. Cling to your confession and don't waver from that. Why? Because if you don't waver, Satan has no defense. He has no alternate plan. He has no other way to get to you. He cannot cross the threshold of the blood that you have set up, you refuse to allow. He will not enter in. You won't let him because of your working knowledge of the blood, because of your drawing nigh. You cling to your confession without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. It's a whole fact. You see why your confession of faith is important and how you can hold fast to it? How? By virtue of the blood. You see, your knowledge of the blood gives you the assurance in your heart to cling to your confession because the shed blood of Jesus tells you God is faithful. God can't lie. God has got to do it. Let's go to the third one just for a moment and we'll go on back to this other one. But look at verse 24. And let us consider. You know, this is something that God always brings up. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. This is talking about a social obligation. First of all, he talks about a personal devotion. Let us draw near. Secondly, he talks about consistency in our faith. Be tenacious and cling to your confession and don't let go. Can you see those two? Personal devotion. Draw near to God on your own. Secondly, consistency of your faith. Don't let go of your confession. If you say angels are out there working on behalf of my children, if you say their cars are surrounded by the blood of the Lamb, and they will not be given to another people, God or nation, if you're making your bold confession, cling to it and don't let go. But you say something adverse happens, so don't let go. That is a tactic or strategy of the enemy to get you to let go of your faith so that you don't get results. Hold fast. Cling to your confession. Faithful is he that promised he will bring it to pass. You will reap in due season if you faint not. Cling to it is what he's saying. This is a social obligation. Let us. See, you're entering in that presence of God. You're absorbing his great love for you. Now you have a social obligation. Provoke one another to love and to good works. Do you know what that is telling us? Love among believers doesn't just happen. It must be worked at. We must stir each other up and provoke each other to love and to do good works. Don't say that about your brother. Don't say that about your sister. And it doesn't matter how true it is. You believe the best about them. Don't you remember? You see what the blood is designed to do? Take you into the holiest presence of God so that you can come out looking like Him, acting like Him, speaking like Him, loving like Him, stirring each other up to provoke one another to live the, in the realm of love, to love each other, because it's in that place that we are truly divinely cared for and protected. God wants us to be responsible socially to each other, obligated to love each other. 
It doesn't just happen. Provoke one another to love. And the more you talk about it, and the more you speak about it, and confess it, the more of a reality it will become. The more effective people will be in doing it. I choose to walk in love. Why? By virtue of the blood. Remember the blood that was shed? Hey, God forgave me. God cleanses me from all my faults and failures and shortcomings, and I'm living in that presence of God. And so you know what? I'm overlooking anybody else's. I'm just going to love them with the love of God. And I encourage you to do the same thing. And that's important to our successful walk of faith. Now let's back up and close it right here with this clinging to our confession. What do you need from God? You have the access to His holiest presence. What do you want from Him? You ask, the Bible said, and you shall receive and cling to your confession because it's based on the blood that got you in, the blood that opened up heaven's door, the blood that gave you access, the blood now in all its full strength is applied to your life. Cling to your confession based on the work of the blood. Cling to your confession. With the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I entered in my Father's holiest presence and I asked Him for my healing. And now I know that I've received it I am clinging to my confession. I am delivered because of the blood that was shed for me and therefore I refuse defeat. I refuse to give place to any devil. I refuse to give any ground to the enemy. I refuse to be defeated by adversity. I refuse to allow circumstances to overcome me. I will not in any way be troubled in my mind because the blood of Jesus was shed. I have entered my Father's holiest presence and I have obtained mercy, and I have found grace, and God's grace is right now at work for me on my behalf, and God is doing for me exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think according to the effectual working of His mighty power that is in me that was wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. And all that's the power of the blood. So in Jesus' name, I unleash it all right now. I'm clinging to that. I am clinging to the fact that I am more than a conqueror in this life. Why? I have a working knowledge of the blood. Why? I have a high priest at the Father's right hand. See, and the one that says, you know, I'm just a worm trying to get in and make my way into your holy presence here, Father God, to get you to twist, maybe twist your arm to answer a prayer for me. This fellow is going based on who he is. He forgot to look over to his right. There's Jesus right there. He forgot to take a dip in the blood. The blood's been shed. You're not a worm in the dust. You're not just a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. You have been saved by grace. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're a son, a daughter of the Most High God. And you've got the keys to the kingdom. If God gave you the keys to the Cadillac, you'd be shouting tonight. In a full gas tank, and some money to spend, and the mall was open to midnight. You ladies, I know you'd be shouting out there, you young girls. I'm telling you, Jehovah God just gave us the keys to the kingdom. The blood's been shed. He's been waiting to do it for so long, but now the blood's been shed, and he did it. What you bind will be bound. What you loose will be loosed. Cling to your confession, and don't take no for an answer, and don't give up too quick.
Let's all stand before the Lord before we get raptured here tonight. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.